This is Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. On today's show, Brian chats with Lucas Serra, the Director of Sponsorship and Media at Soldier Field in Chicago, and Shen Shikar, the CEO of Playsight. Now, with Sports Business Radio, here's Brian Berger. Well, thanks for checking out the only show dedicated to covering the business side of sports. We're going to step into the technology lab this week on Sports Business Radio with two great guests related to the latest in sports technology. First guest, Lucas Serra, the director of sponsorship and media at Soldier Field, joins us to discuss the historic venue that has played host to many legendary events. We're also going to chat with Luca about partnering with our friends at Boingo to create an amazing wireless experience for fans visiting Soldier Field. That's coming up on the show today. Also, PlaySite's CEO, Chen Shakar. PlaySite was named to Fast Company's top 10 most innovative companies in sports in 2017 for bringing game-changing analytics to practice with their Smart Court technology platform. We'll catch up with Chen on the show as well. I'm joined in studio, as always, by our executive producer, Brian Griggs. Griggs, uh, how you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, it's a great time of year because you and I both enjoy golf, so that's heating up. I've been watching all the tournaments each weekend, and uh, that's fun. And, of course, the madness of March. The madness We're of March. It. <laughs> and it was great. We'll replug here. Joanne Scott, the managing director of the NCAA tournament, so basically the person handling all the logistics for March Madness, she joined us on last week's show. If you missed that interview, Go to sportsbusinessradio.com and you can listen to that interview. But she did such a great job, as she always does, of giving us insight on everything from the selection committee to the logistics planning the tournament to all the different tech platforms you can consume March Madness on now uh, to things they're doing for the student-athletes and their families. So really comprehensive interview. Great listen with Joanne Scott. Check that out at sportsbusinessradio.com. Griggs, uh, who are you liking in the tournament? You know, I was thinking about that this morning as we was looking at the uh, the brackets and everything. And I Duke is peaking right now, so I I see them going far. But I think Kentucky is going to be my guy. It's my interesting because the Vegas sports books all have different favorites. So you know, one sports book has Duke, another has Kansas, another has North Carolina. The interesting thing is Duke sen- seems to be the consensus, but they're a two seed. They're not even a one yeah, seed. Yeah, and they're the betting favorite. You know, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and maybe it's not such a limb. I'm going to say the Zags are finally going to get it done. Uh, You know, it's interesting. They have not been to the Final Four under Mark Few. If you look last year, Villanova kind of had that label, right? Like, they can't get to the Final Four. They can't win the big one. It was a last-second shot, but they won it all. And Villanova has shed that label. I think Mark Few and Gonzaga may shed that label this year. We'll see. But the one thing that's for sure, Greg, is this thing's wide open. Oh, yeah. I can't remember a year where there weren't one or two teams that were separated from everyone else. Like, this is wide open. Like, you know, there's a team like SMU, 29-4, yep. kind of play some run and gun. Like, who's to say they won't get through? <laughs> exactly. Like, it, you just don't know. This may be the year we see a 16 beat a 1. Yeah. Like, you just don't know. So that's kind of what makes this particular tournament even more exciting is it's that much more unpredictable. Yep, I agree with you completely. You're, and some of the teams on there are like, who? <laughs> Which right. I love that too. Like, even, uh, you know, we're Oregon-based, so the Oregon Ducks are playing like Iona, I think it is. And it's like, I had to look that up. Where is that? <laughs> you know, stuff yeah. like that. Which is fun because that's what makes it so interesting. And you're right. It's wide open. I think anybody can do it. Zags would probably be my second pick. I think they're really good this year. And, uh, I mean, 33-1 and one or whatever they came, they're coming into, they got a good chance. 
Yeah, they just they have not been able to get it done at tournament time. Right, right. And last year they had such a good team, and they went out much earlier than most people expected. But Mark Few is a really good coach. I think they have a good roster. I think they played a, a tough schedule. But, you know, again, this thing's wide open, so it's like kind of picking a needle out of a haystack. But uh, I like uh, the Zags to get it done. We'll see. We're probably going to throw up a... A sports business radio bracket challenge. So mm-hmm. keep following us on Twitter at SB Radio. We'll post that link on there. And uh, if you want to compete against us, uh, you can do that. It's always fun to compete against the listeners. And I'm of- terrible, so don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I seem to alternate good year, bad year, and <laughs> last year I was really bad. You've had some good ones, though. You're right. So this year I- I'm bound to be good, but... You know, honestly, I, I looked at the bracket already, and you kind of look at it, and you just go, wow. Yeah, you don't know who to pick. Well, it could be anybody, yeah. really. <laughs> I mean, there's some good 8-9 matchups. Yeah, yeah. And, but, uh, you know, it's also interesting Friday, St. Patrick's Day. A lot of people are going to be taking off work. You know that. They're oh, going to yeah. go to the tournament. They're going to watch the games on TV. They're going to be drinking beer. Like, having it on March 17th. Green it, beer. Green beer, of Green course. beer, yes. Exactly. <laughs> So, uh, the Guinness will be flowing. The Guinness will be flowing, yes. <laughs> on, uh, on March 17th. Uh, NASCAR. How about the, uh, Kyle Bush walking? I saw the video. He's like walking after the race. He's just, you know, you think he's walking down pit row there and right. he walks over to Joey Logano and just smacks him, just cold cocks <laughs> him and you've got a full out, uh, brawl. In pit row, uh, that was interesting. It is, and it's it's funny how competitive. Like you don't, I think, with being in cars and stuff, you don't really think of it like a competitive sport necessarily. When you see it, it's like okay, they're driving around, but you realize how intense those drivers and teams are. And you know, we've seen pushing and shoving matches before, but yeah, that, that was pretty interesting. I watched a little bit of the indie too, and uh, yeah, it's it's kind of fun. It, you know, it, it it gives some merit to the intensity those drivers go through. Yeah, definitely intensity. I mean. You know, if we dumb it down to like the, the average driver, is this like when someone cuts you off and, <laughs> yeah. and you know, if you throw them the bird, <laughs> you, you know, utter a few choice words, sure. is this the equivalent except for your, you know, you're racing for lots of money right. and if someone cuts you off and you wreck your car and it's, you know, going to cost you lots of money, we're going to go cold cocker. But, <laughs> you know, I thought it was interesting. NASCAR, uh, at least as of this recording, you know, Brian France was like, hey, you know, we're not going to suspend either of these guys. There, there's not going to be any punishment. So you wonder, like, is that going to open the door to future altercations? We've seen this before, but this is the most recent one. And, you know, again, it, it looked like innocent video until he walks right up to him and just, you know, throws a right hook. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was pretty good video, actually. It was kind of kind of fun to watch. But uh, you're right. It's uh, it's interesting. And it's a fun sport when you uh, you just see how intense they are. And I, I agree with you. And it's kind of like, you know, is it equivalent to us driving on the, the Portland streets, flipping somebody off? But uh, probably a little more intense. Griggs, I'm heading down to Arizona for spring training. Uh, my daughter's spring break. So we're going to take in some spring training. That's always a fun scene down there. I grew up in Phoenix. So uh, I would play hooky from school on occasion and go watch uh, spring training. But now it's grown. Like, you can't get a Cubs ticket now it's for crazy. spring training in Arizona. Diamondbacks, uh, you know, and then obviously you have the Grapefruit League. Uh, all the, the East Coast teams play there. But I'm looking forward to uh, seeing spring training. Uh, I'm also going to try and catch up with uh, our friend Marquette King, who is the punter for the Raiders. He lives in Arizona during the off season, So, uh 
Great follow on social media. If you don't follow Marquette on uh, Twitter and Instagram, at Marquette King, great follow there. But, yeah, Griggs, uh, we've had some rain here in the uh, Oregon area for what seems like eternity. <laughs> so I will be very happy to uh, see the sun and to sit in shorts and a T-shirt and watch some baseball. That sounds phenomenal. And I'm going to be jealous of you. And uh, it's, I, I, yeah, 85 degrees would feel really nice right now. And uh, you guys going to hit the links at all? Or? I might try and hit the links. I have some friends there and uh, might try and tee it. But uh, we'll see. There's never enough time. Never. Yeah, true. And uh, my daughter does like to play though, so I may That's get her thinking, out. Yeah. She can she can hit the ball pretty well onto the golf course. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk some sports technology on this week's edition of Sports Business Radio. We'll start with Lucas Sarah, director of sponsorship and media at Soldier Field. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Stay in the know at sportsbusinessradio.com. Podcasts, blogs, and more. SBR will be right back. Sports Business Radio is sponsored by Boingo Wireless, the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S. Today's sports fans expect strong, fast mobile connections at their favorite stadiums. Research shows that fans will leave at halftime if they cannot get connected, which is part of the reason why professional and collegiate sports venues alike work with Boingo to manage their wireless networks. As the world's leading connectivity expert, Boingo knows how to make a venue's vision for the connected fan experience a reality. They are the only company that can provide end-to-end wireless service so teams can focus on the big game, not on their network. Boingo designs, installs, and manages Wi-Fi and cellular networks at university stadiums like K-State and the University of Houston and major league venues like Soldier Field, Phillips Arena, and Vivint Smart Home Arena. We're excited to showcase how technology is changing the business of sports, led by companies like Boingo. Boingo connects you to the people and things you love, like sports. For more information, visit boingo.com or email sports at boingo.com. Back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. My guest is Lucas Sarah. He is the Director of Sponsorship and Media at Soldier Field. You can find Soldier Field on Twitter at Soldier Field. Luca, thanks for joining us on Sports Business Radio. How are you? I'm great. I'm happy to be here, Brian. Thanks for uh, setting this up. Yeah, no problem. Uh, really excited to talk to you. I think the iconic sports venues in the United States, my list would include Wrigley Field, Fenway Park, Lambeau Field, maybe Dodger Stadium, and then definitely Soldier Field. I, I think it's an amazing venue. Let's start off with some history for Soldier Field for our listeners. Uh, in the early 1920s is when it was constructed, correct? Yeah, that's right. Actually, it uh, started construction in 1919 and was completed in 1924. And I saw the total cost, $13 million, which back then, that's like a billion dollars. That's a lot of money. Well, think about it. It really was a, a large-scale project. Um, they built the stadium on landfill itself, so it wasn't even solid ground. Uh, it took uh, thousands and thousands of wood pylons to just reinforce uh, what they were building here. And then the scale that they were building uh, with old Roman architecture. Um, but, yeah, that was it was a huge project and uh, was meant to be a stadium to hold all types of um, n- not sporting events. It actually, amazingly, was not built for, for sport or sport alone. It was built to hold 
um, rallies and celebrations and track and field events and things of that nature. Now, I see you've had everything from ski jumps to obviously football games. Uh, there was a Grateful Dead iconic show at Soldier Field. What are some of the highlights in your opinion? And I know you didn't go to many of these, but, uh, you know, if you're talking to people about the great moments at Soldier Field, what's on that list? Well, you, you hit some of them, that's for sure. And yeah, those predate me along with, you know, NASCAR racing and, um, uh, God, circuses, MLK, uh, rallies here, um, war bond rallies that took place here. Uh, so the list kind of goes on and on, not to mention, you know, old, uh, Army, Navy, uh, football games and, uh, and the like. So, uh, I came on here about 14 years ago when the stadium had undergone a, a new reconstruction, uh, but it's most extensive to date, uh, back in 0203 and, uh, reopened, um, for the start of the 2003 NFL season. So I've seen a lot take place here at the stadium um, over the years. You mentioned the Grateful Dead. Um, while those were, were um, very uh, notorious events uh, that took place before the stadium was renovated, um, we had the pleasure of hosting their uh, their 50th, um, the band's 50th anniversary, as well as the 20th anniversary uh, coincided with that of um, – you know, of uh, Jerry Garcia's death. And the last time he actually ever played was here at Soldier Field 20 years prior. So it was kind of uh, apropos that the band really closed uh, closed their uh, th- themselves out here at Soldier Field. But really some amazing things have taken place, um, not just on the football side of things with the Bears um, being here for, since 1971, but also uh, other events um, we're, we're quite active here and quite happy about um, how active we are here. It, it is a building that is owned by the Chicago Park District, um, managed privately by a company I work for called SMG, and um, and we, uh, we we are active with over 200 events here on an annual basis. So that, that's really one of the things that people don't know about this building is how much goes on here not just from the 10 dates uh, or or plus dates anyway that the Bears are here, hopefully with some playoffs, but uh, college football games, concerts. Um, we've had rugby, international rugby games here. We've had, um, you know, the, uh, some winter sports with hockey and the NHL stadium series uh, games here and, and other college games, uh, ice hockey games here. So, you know, yeah, start to add up some of those along with all of our parkland that surrounds us and the harbors and the museums around us. It's quite a beautiful venue for a stadium. Yeah, you're very lucky to uh, work there. And, and like I said, I think it's one of the crown jewels of sports venues in, in all of the United States. Let's discuss fan connectivity. Uh, you know, I think it's really interesting when you have these older venues, again, built in the 1920s, and then they're modernized. And, you know, I know Soldier Field, I believe, is LEED certified now, right? We are. We actually were the first NFL stadium to become LEED uh, certified, existing building. Let's let's uh, put that asterisk by it. But, yeah, very difficult to achieve that. In fact, actually much more difficult um, to achieve that when you're an existing building. Uh, when you're a new building going up and putting, you know, hundreds of millions and billions of dollars into new stadiums, you can 
uh, put new resources and new technologies to work for you so that you can open up LEED certified. We had to go through a rigorous process of, you know, multiple years, uh, up to five years of backdating all data um, in how we uh, how we operate here um, with lighting controls, with um, reclamation, and with um, with um, uh, all of the um, the, the operational back-end stuff that we have to do here to, uh, to to achieve it. So we're quite proud of that title, and um, and many have followed suit, but uh, we're quite happy to be the first uh, NFL building recognizes that. But you touched on being an existing building and connectivity and um, the fact that, you know, uh, uh, similarly, to retrofit a building such as this with uh, new technologies is, is quite an undertaking. And not uh, you know something that um, we handle lightly, and and obviously need to to, um, to tap into what systems already exist and infrastructure exists to connect a building like this, um, but also be conscious of the fact that you you don't want to be overly um, uh, in people's faces with antennas and with infrastructure, and so trying to disguise that can be a challenge. So some stats, 80% of consumers use their mobile phones during sport events. Uh, stats also show that fans will leave at halftime if they cannot connect to some sort of wireless uh, network. So again, you know, we've discussed with Boingo, who we work with, that when you walk into a sports venue these days, it's every bit as expected that you're going to have connectivity as it is that there's going to be bathrooms and concessions and Things of that nature. So I want to ask you about your relationship with Boingo and how they came in again to this old stadium that has been modernized. And now they've really taken you into that next generation with connecting fans at your events. Yeah, a great question. And, and one that I can give you some context to because uh, I was here um, and the one that really explored uh, all the different options that were out there. Uh, before we uh, engaged and, and contracted with with Boingo Wireless, um, when we opened up this building and and the infrastructure and the development of this project didn't have any any real consideration for connectivity at that time, um, and we probably were just a couple of years off from uh, from those types of considerations. But uh, needless to say. Uh, they were an afterthought, and so when I came on and the building went online, we uh, went down the road of engaging with different cellular uh, carriers to build some infrastructure to build some connectivity in here. And uh, we got a couple carriers on board, uh, not all of them, and the other ones uh, really kind of dragged their feet and uh, took a couple of years. Uh, before they saw the value and and um, and put the money and resources towards building cellular network in here, um, back in 05, uh, 2005, we uh, we needed to take we knew we wanted to take things to a different level in in connecting this place because obviously we didn't want to show partiality to consumers that had um, one one carrier versus another right. in terms of their service provider. So. Uh, Boingo came to the table along with a couple of others and uh, and really uh, sold us and, and talked to us about how they already engage with carriers 
um, and the projects that they had been doing in Chicago and outside of Chicago, uh, but also really what what uh, what got us listening was the Wi-Fi side of things and the fact that they built those networks, but they also were agnostic. And so a couple of those things are really, really important to us. We did not want to get um, in bed, so to speak, with one uh, particular carrier to build the infrastructure. We saw the pitfalls uh, with some of the other buildings in doing that and in doing large sponsorship deals with uh, a particular carrier. But then they were married to that carrier exclusively in their building, and that shut off the the, the patrons, the consumers that were coming to their building that didn't have that carrier. So we wanted an agnostic system and uh, one that, that could take us, you know, uh, the, the, with the projects that we wanted immediately, but also build us for the future. Uh, Boingo stood out in that crowd of, of um, several different um, entities and um and we've never looked back and 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 so it's it is with pride that I say that we we've had a great relationship with them over these years and uh and not just getting all the major carriers on board inside the building but also outside the building as you know we like i i uh, detailed we we have so many events that take place outside our building um not to mention the harbors and the museums that surround us so it was really really needed um, but then on the Wi-Fi side, we were one of the first uh, building stadiums in the NFL to have a Wi-Fi system. Now, albeit it was a paid network, so people had to pay to engage or to be connected. Um, and uh, and now those days have changed, right? I mean, it's like any uh, corner coffee shop that you go into. The expectation that people have is that they're going to walk into a sports venue like this and they're going to be connected automatically. But what they don't really realizes the, the the capital uh and the infrastructure that needs to go into building a system like that but when you can monetize it and um and use it for uh many different applications then all of a sudden there's a revenue stream to those that are responsible for building those types of networks so give us an example of how would you monetize this network well, so, I mean, the most evident and, and uh, obvious one is on the advertising side, right? right. So if people are going to engage and, and want a connected experience, um, then they'll either have to be uh, exposed or uh, shown some type of quick advertisement or a video clip or what have you, right? And I think a lot of people are going are using that model. Um we're, we'll be forced, I think, to a certain extent to using that. It is an asset. It's an, it's a valuable asset at that, uh, for teams and for venues to use. Um, but, uh, on the other side of things, it's, it's about apps and, and, uh, downloading apps for the team side. Um, whether you're NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, it doesn't matter, right? I mean, the ability for people to, um, to engage with your team uh, or your venue on a on a personal and customized level where they can watch and experience things on their device while they're at a sporting event that's where those stats start to come into play right the the consumer is using their mobile phones and whether or not they'll stay or they'll go that all those are bottom line um, those are th- those hit your bottom line and uh, when you're able to use the apps or um, or engage people from a food and beverage standpoint to be able to order in your seats or to uh, to find their friends easily if they can track themselves around uh, around your stadium um, 
that's another thing that uh, you know mapping of your building uh, can really come in handy. Um, so a, a, a number of different vehicles um, that are being used today. Um, there's other technologies that are being built. Um, the NFL is is working on a number of different things. I know, but um, you know some of them have to do with the players. Some of them have to do with um, just the engagement side. But I think you know that that all come when all the buildings are really um, are connected. Um, but yeah, th- th- there's a lot that um, on that end of things that teams and venues are really starting to use um, to make the investment worthwhile um, and uh, and valuable. Well, I think it's interesting. I mean, you know, there's some of these venues that were built 20, 25 years ago that weren't built with the connectivity that need it. And then there's venues like Soldier Field that were built long ago that certainly weren't built with the connectivity. But when you when you talk to some of these executives or people who own these venues, I think you just connected the dots so well with here's why you need it because you need it for the fan experience. But then also here's how you can monetize it. And most franchises and, and you know teams, they're looking for how do I monetize an investment like this? And I think you clearly just outline that. What have you heard from fans who walk into Soldier Field and say, hey, you know, it's so easy to get connected, and this is a great experience for me. Well, I'll give you an example. I mean, and this is uh, this is pretty uh, pretty telltale. Um, some years ago, um, so we launched a new DAS system, uh, which is a distributed antenna system, so cellular network in in the stadium um, back in 2013, um, and. Before that time, um, you know, it, it really was just an individual parceled out uh, networks of, of different carriers, and uh, we had uh, we had one direction uh, in the stadium, and we got roasted on on Twitter, right, and on social media um, from the young uh, the kids that were here and wanting to, to get onto the Wi-Fi, and so they could post all their the videos and photos, and that was one of the highest traffic um, uh, days that we had uh, over our network. Um, and when you when you look at that, and yeah, you've got kids um, that that are really speaking out loud. And then when you come to a Bears game, your your traffic it might not be as high as uh, on an event day like that, where you know there's so much photographs and video that's that's going across the network. But still, you, you have people coming to Bears games that are um, just as interested, whether it be the fan, you know, to, to engage with their fantasy football or the Red Zone or the Bears app and watching replay and, and what have you on their own terms. Um, you know, it, it speaks loud and clear to uh, the user experience, the customer experience, and then ultimately um, when you survey these people and really look at, Will they stay or leave the venue if they can't be connected? Um, uh, and and then ultimately, like I said, how it affects your bottom line. It really the, the argument for making the capital improvements pretty easy. Um, uh, so I, I think that uh, as we look forward and and talk about how uh, people's in, engagement with the network, uh, the fan experience has been fantastic since we launched the new DAS. Um, and right now we're building a brand new or an upgraded Wi-Fi system that um, we really will will match any any venue anywhere. Um, 
And so that that actually is slated to go online in early June. So uh, we we continue to invest and make uh, make upgrades um, to the network, and um, you know, and, and the Bears are proud to proud to support that. That's great. So your continuing relationship with Boingo, I guess let's talk a little bit about when you do an installation like this, and it sounds like it's been done in, in some phases over time, uh, how long does a typical installation take or how long did it take at your venue? And then what's your continued relationship with Boingo after the installation? Yeah. So on the front side of things, obviously the standard um, kind of meetings take place and, and identifying what areas of coverage um, are going to go into play, what areas of deficiency exist, um, uh, particularly when you're talking about an upgrade and uh, where the shortcomings are to, uh, to, 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 to focus on um, and then make it uniform across the entire stadium so that, um, you know, there, there, there's really no dead spots. Every, every uh, location is, is equal. Um, so on the front end, you try to map these uh, things out and, and develop a, a good game plan going into it. Um, with uh, the project that we're undergoing right now, um, the nice part was is that we're able to use or reuse some of the existing infrastructure from previous builds. So that helped uh, from a cost standpoint. Um, but there's new areas that we're going into. Before, we were really a front-of-house, um, uh, you know, consumer-facing um, network. Now we are going to be extensive, extensive in that uh, we, we will be. It will be a ubiquitous system that that covers all areas of the building, both back of house, front of house, um, office spaces, everything. So um, that uniformity will really be clear uh, once we go online um, with the new system. Um, so, so there's that part of it. On the back end of things, for us. Uh, again, as we looked at the different entities uh, before we engaged with Boingo uh, back in back in, uh, in 2005, we really wanted somebody that could support us on the back end, and that meant not just from an operational or infrastructure standpoint, but on um, from the standpoint of any type of engagement that we can take advantage of. Um, with regard to data, analytics, advertising, all of it. And Boingo offers us that, not only just on the back-end side, but the fact that they also manage both the, the cellular and DAS um, as well as the Wi-Fi. When we look at connectivity, we, we looked at holistically that it's not a parceled-out type of network where, okay, let's get someone to build our cellular network, and then, okay, then we'll get somebody to build our Wi-Fi network. These two networks need to be need to cross paths, and we're seeing that now in our decision to move forward or, or to work with a company that really handled both equally as well. Um, carriers are starting to really do some offloading, right? So if uh, the cell network becomes um, becomes uh, congested, that there's a seamless um, seamless uh, move to the Wi-Fi network, and 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 so. Consumers won't experience that, but on the back end of things, uh, it's relieving the cellular network. Well, if those two networks aren't talking to each other, then you really have, in my view anyway, um, you know, you have two independent networks um, that, that aren't working together. Yeah, I think you just summed it up. Boingo, one of the attractive things about working with them is it is kind of that one 
stop shopping place. Like they can do everything for you. You're not parceling it out. Like you said, before we wrap up, is there any event that hasn't taken place at soldier field that you would like to host in the future? Wow. Okay. Well, we joke uh, around here that there, <laughs> there hasn't been anything that we haven't really done yet. Um, but you know, all joking aside, um, uh, that we, you know, for us, we were built to host all different kinds of events, right? And uh, I can tell you, having been here all these years, that when we uh, we were an active part of the bid process for the 2016 bid, um, uh, Chicago bid, and uh, it was heartbreaking not to get it. So, uh, you know, if I, selfishly and speaking for myself, I'd, I'd say, you know, having another chance at the Olympics would be a great thrill for Chicago and for Soldier Field. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, and it's such a great city. I thought that it would be a great host too. And, you know, not to bash any other cities that have hosted it, but I'm like, if that city can host it, Chicago can definitely host it. So right. I, I hope that happens in the future. And, and I'm sure Soldier Field would be such a, uh, you know, central point for everything taking place, including opening and closing ceremonies. Lucas Sarah, the director of sponsorship and media at Soldier Field. You can find Soldier Field on Twitter at Soldier Field. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us on Sports Business Radio. Brian, all the best. Thanks. Thank you. Podcast this show and any other past SBR episode at sportsbusinessradio.com. Back with more SBR after this. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is David Stern. He's the commissioner of the NBA. It is always a pleasure, Brian. Bill Hancock, he's the executive director of the Bull Championship Series. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. My guest is Mickey Loomis. He's the executive vice president and general manager of the world champion New Orleans Saints. Pleasure to be with you guys. Mr. Allen, thanks for joining me. Thank you. My guest is Mark Emmert. He's the president of the NCAA. Oh, happy to join you. My pleasure. My guest is Eric Spolstra. He's the head coach of the Miami Heat. Brian, appreciate it. Glad to, uh, glad to be on the show. Mr. Nicholas, it's an honor to have you on Sports Business Radio. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Brian. Visit sportsbusinessradio.com and subscribe to our free iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and stay connected to the business side of sports only with Sports Business Radio. Bringing you up to speed on the latest breakthroughs in the world of sports. Let's enter the Technology Lab. My guest is Shen Shakar. He is the CEO of PlaySite. PlaySite was recently named to Fast Company's 10 Most Innovated Companies in Sports for 2017. They bring game-changing analytics to practice with their smart court technology platform. You can follow them on Twitter, at PlaySite. Chen, thank you so much for joining us on Sports Business Radio. How are you? I'm good, and thank you for having me on your show. Let's start with talking about the vision and purpose of the company. Tell us how the company got started, and I know you've got this smart court technology. Maybe you can explain that to our listeners. Uh, yeah, so uh, uh, a little background on uh, on PlaySide, but before I start about PlaySide, I really want to talk about our vision, and the vision is connecting and inspiring the next generation of uh, of athletes uh, using technology to connect their physical and, uh, and digital world. 
Um, and we, when we founded Playside, we didn't want to be another uh, Hawkeye or Sportsview or any other companies that aim their technology to the elite level. Uh, we wanted to bring the best technology that existed in the market, some of it not even to the pros, uh, and bring it to, uh, uh, to all levels. Um, we come from, uh, like many in Israel, we come from a military background. Uh, and we specialize in uh, training uh, fighter pilots uh, all around the world. And we wanted to bring the same concept of using technology to maximize performance that uh, is being used all around, uh, you know, Air Force uh, all around the world uh, to bring it to sport. Uh, but to bring it to sport in the same way that companies like uh, Nike and uh, uh, Fitbit and Jawbone uh, Garmin uh, brought technology to uh, running an extreme sport. Uh, so in a way, what Playside is doing uh, is uh, personal tracking for uh, mass market uh, ball sports. Um, our product, uh, its name is, uh, as you mentioned, uh, is a smart court. And if I, uh, I will explain about the smart court by telling a little bit about the future of sports. Uh, if we are looking about how sports courts and gyms and rinks, arenas, etc. In, in different sports are going to look like in the next five to ten years. Uh, they are all going to be connected. And when I say connected, I mean they will be connected to the Internet. They will have uh, built-in cameras, and those cameras will be able to record, analyze, uh, live stream everything that takes place uh, uh, during practice or uh, match. And those cameras and, and system will also be able to communicate with everything that uh, will exist on court. So scoreboards, uh, manual tagging uh, platform, wearables, uh, smart shirts and shoes that the players will work, all will be integrated to one platform uh, uh, on the cloud uh, where every athlete, doesn't matter which age, uh, we'll have all the sports-related content in one place. So all the videos, all the data, all the statistics, uh, uh, relationship and communication with uh, sports community on in, on, uh, all in one place. And uh, we have been bringing that future. This is exactly the smart code that we have been bringing. We have uh, more than 600 uh, smart codes around the world. Uh, we started with tennis, and today we have installations in basketball, uh, handball, uh, gymnastics, martial arts, uh, and the list is uh, 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 the list is long. The investors you have for this are, are very impressive. You've got Novak Djokovic, Chris Evert, Billie Jean King, Tommy Haas. Uh, you have a deal with the USTA and NBA teams who have adopted PlaySite include the Golden State Warriors, Phoenix Suns, and the Atlanta Hawks. Let's use the Golden State Warriors as an example. They're a hot and trendy team for the last few years. They're in Silicon Valley. When they're on the court, are you capturing it's it's the practice court, right? Like this isn't in games yet at the NBA level, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh yeah, we are in their uh, practice arenas, uh both for the professional team and the D League. Uh, and they have been using the system to uh, record and analyze uh, all their practice. Uh, and I think that uh, the benefit that they saw uh, in the system is, uh, uh, one, is receiving uh, synchronized full HD video from uh, multiple angles uh, around the gym. Uh, 
and the ease of use, uh, because uh, till now, and this is something that we saw not just with the Warriors, we saw it actually in, in elite sports uh, all around the world and in different sports that uh, the bigger the court is or the, or the pitch or the, the rink, and, and, uh, more com- it's more complex to capture the video. Uh, and most teams uh, used to focus more on the games, uh, but the truth is that most of the time is being uh, spent in, in training. Uh, so this is the first time that uh, there is uh, a really sophisticated and smart uh, system that enables to uh, to capture the video, analyze it, uh, edit it, create uh, clips, share it with uh, everybody with uh, you know one uh, press of a button. And are the teams hoping to? What are they hoping to learn? from this video? Is it, hey, I'm going to improve shooting? Is it rest and recovery? What are the teams hoping to learn, or what are the athletes in tennis hoping to learn when they look at this video? Uh, well, I, I, I believe that it's a combination of uh, two main things, uh, and, and it's true for all sports, but I can talk a little bit about basketball and also in, in tennis. Uh, they are looking for two things. One, is personal improvement, so what we call player development, uh, working on skills, uh, one-on-one, uh, like you said, improving shots, uh, improving movement, uh, everything that can be uh, uh, shown on video. Uh, and everybody realizes today uh, that the sooner you can show an athlete what he did on the on court, uh, the faster he will improve. So this is one uh, way of uh, using the video. This our sideline instant video replay is essential for uh, for improvement. And it doesn't matter if it's a 10-year-old kid or, uh, you know, a professional uh, at the NBA. Uh, the other thing is tactical. Uh, and by capturing the video and the ability, by the way, to manually tag it uh, or analyze uh, event, uh, you can work at the team level on tactics. So teaching drills, uh, reviewing uh, good and bad things that, uh, uh, you know, the team did. Uh, show it quickly and in, uh, uh, with a visual uh, aid. Uh, this is one of the things that they use the video. Another thing that they want to use the video, and this is also interest, uh, interesting because we have uh, several conversations with several NBA teams that they are looking to integrate our system with external biofeedback sensors. And what they are looking to learn is, for example, uh, injuries prediction or uh, any other uh, interesting uh, information that can come from the uh, come from the sensors and what all the teams understood after few years of getting a lot of data from several systems like for example uh, sports view in the NBA is that receiving endless data is not enough it has to be connected to the relevant video. So if the, I don't know, if, if, if you see something that has to do with injury, you want to see exactly what was the scenario that brought it in. So the, the combination of uh, a variety of sensors all fused into one video platform, this is, you know, what they see the benefit of. That's very interesting because I've talked to people who have the wearables and the sensors, but what you're saying is those teams have said they also want the video to accompany it. Chen Shikar, the CEO of PlaySite, is our guest here on Sports Business Radio. Chen, I know that basketball courts and tennis courts vary in size, but roughly, 
Give our listeners an idea. If you want to do a smart court installation with this technology, what are you going to pay for it? Um, the, the 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 price uh, the the price varies uh, from uh, depends on the level of uh, depends on the level of uh, uh, system. Uh, uh, basic uh, basketball installation. Uh, there is a, a annual license of uh, between 15 to 20k uh, per year. Depends on the uh, depends on the uh, features that you are getting. Uh, and in tennis, uh, uh, usual total contract value. Uh, uh, the price for three years uh, is around uh, 25k. Uh, all included. Yeah, very affordable. And I see, you know, you're not just using this at the pro level. I've seen you use it with collegiate tennis. And, you know, it looks like if someone uh, at their own tennis club wanted to have this installed, you could do it there and and you could watch the matches uh, via the video. So a lot of different applications for this. And, uh, you know, I like that you're using it in in different sports. And uh, I certainly see this as being the way of the future. Since you were named to the top 10 most innovative companies by Fast Company, uh, has that opened some eyes? That's a pretty prestigious list. Yeah, so first of all, we were very excited to be part of that list. Uh, uh, you know, we, we, we have been working hard uh, together, and uh, I really think that uh, what PlaySight uh, has been doing is is really... Uh, a revolution in in the way that uh, sport is being uh, uh, trained and played and even watched, and I think that like you know the the revolution that uh, companies like GoPro did for ex- uh, bringing video accessible in extreme sports, uh, or even with the the smartphone that uh, you know a few years ago no one understood why they need it and now they cannot be without it. Uh, I believe that the, the, the future that we are bringing is that uh, video and analytics will be uh, uh, integral part of uh, uh, every sports practice uh, to maximize your performance and make the whole experience more uh, uh, fun uh, and challenging. So your technology is always evolving. Technology in sports is always evolving. Are there any new product developments that you can share with us that may be coming soon? Our audience always loves to hear from insiders like you, preview what may be coming down the road. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so uh, w- one thing that I would like to share with, uh, you know, with your audience is, uh, is, is a very interesting uh, project that we are doing now with the ITA at the collegial level in, in tennis, uh, which the purpose of that uh, is actually to eliminate uh, bad calls uh, in tennis. As, as you know, uh, uh, bad line calls or cheating is, is probably the, the number one problem in tennis, which causes a lot of young players to leave the, uh, to leave the game. And uh, one of the cooperation that we have with the ITA at the collegiate level and also at uh, uh, some USTA tournaments uh, is what we call a play fair uh, tournament where, like at the pro level, every uh, uh, player uh, has three challenges, and uh, if they are uncertain uh, on a certain call, they can challenge the, the call. Even if there is no umpire on the court, uh, they can call the roaming umpire. They can go to a sideline kiosk 
uh, see if the ball was in or out, uh, and continue playing. And the feedback that we have been getting uh, is unbelievable because it leaves the, the sport as it uh, has to be without the pressure of uh, uh, bad calls. So, you know, more sportsmanship, uh, like uh, more uh, deep shots, uh, and this is just an example of what technology, how can technology can really uh, uh, evolve uh, uh, sport. That's a great idea. So the last question for you, and we talked about this a little earlier, is, again, many teams at the pro level are using this on the practice court. Do you see the day coming in the next five to ten years where they say we also want to turn our game court our arena, Oracle Arena, for instance, with the Warriors into a, a smart court technology so we can capture all of that data and video during the actual game as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. We, already, we are already talking with uh, several teams that would like to have it uh, both on the uh, actual uh, playing arenas and the practice courts. Uh, and I believe that, uh, as I said, the future is going to smart courts, smart stadiums, smart uh, 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 everywhere that you everywhere that where, where you play, uh, where there will be a combination of uh, live streaming from every uh, every court or gym, uh, uh, instant video recording and and feedback and analytics. I'm I'm certain that this is the way that uh, the world of sports is going. And we will see it more and more on both uh, playing and practice arenas. I love this stuff. I love the evolution of technology. You guys are on the cutting edge of it. Chen Shakar, the CEO of PlaySight. Follow them on Twitter, at PlaySight. That's S-I-G-H-T. Recently named by Fast Company, a top 10 most innovative company in sports. Chen, thank you so much for joining us on Sports Business Radio. Thank you, Brian. My pleasure. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Stay in touch with SBR on Twitter. Twitter.com slash SB Radio. Sports Business Radio is sponsored by Boingo Wireless, the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S. Today's sports fans expect strong, fast mobile connections at their favorite stadiums. Research shows that fans will leave at halftime if they cannot get connected, which is part of the reason why professional and collegiate sports venues alike work with Boingo to manage their wireless networks. As the world's leading connectivity expert, Boingo knows how to make a venue's vision for the connected fan experience a reality. They are the only company that can provide end-to-end wireless service so teams can focus on the big game, not on their network. Boingo designs, installs, and manages Wi-Fi and cellular networks at university stadiums like K-State and the University of Houston and major league venues like Soldier Field, Phillips Arena, and Vivint Smart Home Arena. We're excited to showcase how technology is changing the business of sports, led by companies like Boingo. Boingo connects you to the people and things you love, like sports. For more information, visit boingo.com or email sports at boingo.com. The website is sportsbusinessradio.com. We are back to wrap up this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks to Luca Sarah from Soldier Field. It's on my bucket list. I have not seen a game there. Luca, after our interview, invited me to be his guest there sometime, so I'm going to have to take him up on that. Chen Shakar from PlaySite, really interesting technology there. 
one of the fastest growing tech companies out there. So enjoyed having him on the show. Our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to our friends at Boingo Wireless for powering our sports business radio roadshow. Follow them online at boingo.com or on Twitter at Boingo. Great to talk with one of their partners, Soldier Field, this week. Thanks to our friends at Tagboard for providing the social media visualizations for our sports business radio roadshow events and also the upcoming sports PR summit events. Follow them online at tagboard.com or on Twitter at Tagboard. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast. Go to iTunes, type in Sports Business Radio. We would very much appreciate a review. If you have a few seconds, write a review of our podcast. We want to hear from you. Trying to hear from our audience a little bit more on iTunes. We would love that if you listen to our show regularly. We're rated in the top 100 business news podcasts on iTunes. You can also find our show on Audio Boom via the TuneIn Radio and Stitcher apps, and of course, at sportsbusinessradio.com. Follow me on Twitter, at SB Radio. Our Twitter feed was named to the top 50 sports business must-follows on Twitter by Forbes.com for 2014, 2015, and 2016. And before we let you go, I want to tell you quickly about the Sports PR Summit taking place on May 23rd at the Players' Tribune in New York City, Invite only for 125 senior PR executives. We had people from the Carolina Panthers, the Kansas City Chiefs, Adidas, a bunch of different companies sign up this week to send their senior executives. Guests are going to include NCAA executive Oliver Luck, the father of Andrew, ESPN features reporter Tom Rinaldi. We're going to have NFL stars Anquan Bolden. And Malcolm Jenkins there. So really good stuff. Carolyn Joyce, our friend Olympic swimmer, is also going to be on a panel this year. So we're excited to have her involved. It's going to be great. Go to sportsprsummit.com. You can find the link to register if you're a senior PR person working in sports. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week. And we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. So baby, pull me closer in the backseat of your that I know you can't afford. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is David Stern. He's the commissioner of the NBA. It is always a pleasure, Brian. Bill Hancock, he's the executive director of the Bull Championship Series. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. My guest is Mickey Loomis. He's the executive vice president and general manager of the world champion New Orleans Saints. Pleasure to be with you guys. Mr. Allen, thanks for joining me. Thank you. My guest is Mark Emmert. He's the president of the NCAA. Oh, happy to join you. My pleasure. My guest is Eric Spolstra. He's the the head coach of the Miami Heat. Brian, appreciate it. Glad to, uh, glad to be on the show. Mr. Nicholas, it's an honor to have you on Sports Business Radio. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Brian. Visit sportsbusinessradio.com and subscribe to our free iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and stay connected to the business side of sports only with Sports Business Radio.